This morning we're going to look at the idea of going by faith. I'll start with sharing with you a definition that literally came to me in my sleep on Tuesday morning and uh, it kind of woke me up. It was a fully formed sentence in my head that woke me up. And uh, now I didn't want to get up because, of course, it was 5 a.m. But I did, and I wrote down this phrase. And then I started writing out some thoughts that kind of flowed from this this phrase. And these are the thoughts that sort of form the structure or the skeleton of this sermon. And it, it was kind of one of those moments where I woke up feeling r- really inspired. It was like those th- that thought came into my head um, from outside of myself, from the Lord himself. So here's, here's the thought that, that woke me up that I believe came as a thought from God, um, a phrase that maybe defines the idea of going by faith. This is the phrase, okay? Going by faith happens when God relocates us from our normal for the sake of the gospel. I will say it again. Going by faith happens when God relocates us from our normal for the sake of the gospel. Now, if you're a note taker, you might want to write that down. When I reflect back on my life, I'd say that Maybe I've gone by faith at least five times as a single or as a family. I'm thinking of the kind of larger ticket items, as it were. Uh, so first, when I when I went to the Logos 2 um, as a single, as a missionary. Uh, second, uh, I, I went by faith when I became the youth pastor here at Cornerstone years and years ago. Uh, third, uh, I went by faith when my family and I joined the Logos Hope ship after eight years of pastoring here at Cornerstone. Fourth, uh, I went by faith when I came back here uh, into the role of the associate pastor. And fifth, uh, when, I, when I became the lead pastor here. Now, from the outside, these things might just look like a change in my career or role, but from the inside, I would sincerely define them as going by faith, um, really because um, in in those moments leading up to making the decision, there was a lot of uncertainty, there was a lot of fear, there was a lot of... um, there was a ton of not knowns, you know, relocating a family halfway across the world has a lot of unknowns. Um, but, But each time what happened is that the call overcame the fear. The call overpowered the fear. And so if we're going to go by faith, then the call from God needs to overcome the fear. Now, the basis of my fear is largely my stutter. And so my call had to be greater than my fear of stuttering, particularly if I'm moving into a role like this where I have to publicly speak on a regular basis. And so if we're going or if we're going to allow God to relocate us from our normal, from our regular routines and our regular locations for the sake of the gospel, then the fear will happen. You will try to talk yourself out of it. You will have people questioning the sanity of what you're doing. You will feel uncertain. You will second guess and you will feel fear. You should expect it. But, but that's why it's so vital that the call overcomes the fear. It needs to overcome the fear. Now, maybe you might say, well, you know, the Lord would never call me. You know, when I think of the traditional missionary life, you know, the Lord would never come, uh, would never call me because I'm not missionary material. Fair enough. But what about Jonah? Was he missionary material, this whining, um, sulking man who who actively worked against God. No, 
he was not missionary material. But did God call him? Uh, I think so. You know, when I was on the Logos Hope, we had introverts, we had extroverts, we had folks who loved sharing the gospel, we had folks who hated the idea of talking to someone that they didn't know um, regarding faith about Jesus. You know, uh, like most of us, I would say, we had uh, folks who were bold in their faith, and then on the other hand, we had people who were fearful in their faith. We had we had people who loved sailing who were living on the ship, and we also had people who got violently sick every single voyage, and even sometimes in the port. You know, here's, here's the thing. God loves calling the unlikely lads and lasses, specifically people like you. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7, uh, verse 27 says this, um, but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not. Why? To nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So don't talk to me about not being missionary material. Or maybe you might say, well, You know, the Lord would never call me, look at my family connections and my business connections and my community connections. My life is here. In legal terms, we might say that you aren't a flight risk, right, because of all your local connections. Well, let's look at scripture and ask whether our family connections and our business connections and and our our community connections or whatever, would um, would that prevent us from being called to go by faith. Let's turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Mark 10, 28. Um, then, then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. So this passage says that you will receive a hundred times of homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and fields and children, um, you know, along with persecution in this age. So, and, and I know that's true. I have people from all over the world who I consider close friends and even family because of our missionary travels. If you go to the mission field, then God has a family. He has a support structure there for you. It may not look like your family back home, but he has this. Maybe two or three years ago, I traveled down to Florida um, for my Taiwanese friend's wedding because my role was to give her away. She's this lovely woman of God, and she was my sh- she's my daughter in our ship family on the Logos Hope. And 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 in that moment, I got to serve as her father in her wedding. I had gained a daughter, so I know that Mark chapter ten is true. And so, can God call people who have secure jobs and who are, you know? members of their community, who are invested in their community, who have all these local ties and links, is he able to call them to leave home, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, fields, livelihoods, all for the sake of the gospel? 
Yes, he can. Now, that's not to say that there's not a cost that we must count. There will be, but when it's placed against Christ, we can say, along with Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, we can say this. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, we can say this. Um, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Amazing. This morning, I want to give a big chunk of the message to hearing from from two sets of people. First, we will hear from a couple who went by faith into the mission field years ago. And then we will also hear from a teen who went by faith into a gospel conversation this week with one of her friends. You see, you see, going by faith might mean following God's call overseas into the mission field. It may involve you relocating your home into another culture. Or it might involve you stepping in faith from a normal conversation uh, in school into a conversation in which you are proclaiming the name of Christ. Both of these are going by faith. So, one more time. Going by faith happens when God relocates us from our normal for the sake of the gospel. Let's uh, start by hearing from Matt and Narima Kulla, missionaries that we support in Cambodia. Matt and Nari, really good to see you this morning. Good to see you as well. Thanks for having us. You are both missionaries to Cambodia. Um, remind us what your role in the ministry that you work with is, or your roles are. Yeah, currently um, I'm the in-country director of Celebrate Recovery Phnom Penh. And so leading, uh, we've got about 16 different groups. Um, So leading support groups, leading recovery support groups, leading small groups, uh, doing one-on-one counseling uh, with uh, individuals, um, teaching the Bible. Nerese teaches the Bible at two cafes. Um, So that's pretty much what we're doing. CR stands for Celebrate Recovery. And uh, it's uh, it's, uh, my understanding is it's kind of like it's a 12-step sort of process. Um, Hang-ups, habits, and what, what is it? Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So okay, it's cool. for anybody that has any hurt, habit, hang-up. A lot of people think it's a 12-step for uh, addictions of drugs, sex, alcohol, but it really is for anything. Bitterness, uh, unforgiveness, uh, pride, codependency, really really for, for anyone that uh, has something that just blocks their relationship with God or them moving forward in a healthy way. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've heard really, really good things about uh, CR, so, so thanks for that. i coming alongside with Mars, working with the uh, small group of the CR, uh, but also um, I was spending time with helping a couple of the, that have issues with their marriage. So it's coming alongside as a wife and supporting and just encouraging and bringing them to go close to the Lord. That, uh, that's what I'm doing, yeah. Okay, so lots of mentoring, lots of discipleship, lots of coming alongside people. Yeah, lots of face-to-face pastoral work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So as uh, missionaries, uh, faith is obviously important to following God's call on your life. Um, share one way that you've had to trust God or renew your faith or your trust in God over this past year. 
Yeah. So one of the biggest things because of COVID, um, we were like everybody else went into lockdown and in isolation. And that was really hard because a lot of our ministries uh, were face to face, are face to face. And so one of the blessings that Celebrate Recovery did, they finally released uh, the permission for us to meet online using Zoom. And so it us, uh, for our ministry, we didn't slow down. We actually, more people, even around the world, uh, we were able to connect and move forward. Um, I know it was one of those things that, God, what, what do we do now? Like, we want to do ministry. We want to move forward. And one of the blessings that came out of it for me was, um, because I started Celebrate Recovery back at our home church, Robin Westland, and everything went online, I've been able to join the Robin Westland online CR group every Monday night. And so it's been cool to be back home. So trusting God that he will continue to open doors, which he has. And people through COVID realize that even if they're introverts, they need community. They need fellowship. And so watching God provide people that uh, once they got that two, three week, four week isolation, it's like, okay, we, we truly do need to be in uh, community again. So it's been really cool to watch God open those doors as we've moved forward. Yeah. Okay. So then um, your kids, Nari, um, uh, are, they, are they still doing um, learning, on, l- learning online? Like what's the situation for the schools there? Well, well, right when when the COVID hit, they they all school online, and um, now they go back to school now. Um, the the thing is that, like, you know, it's a, the thing that when the COVID hit, it's a little bit difficult for us also, but we still seeing what the beautiful that God bring us as a family that clone together, and and just be one another and support one another in the home. So that is the beautiful thing that that we saw in the COVID hitting. Wonderful. Yeah. You guys, of course, are missionaries that uh, we support regularly and we regularly pray for you. Um, what is one thing that we can be praying uh, for regarding you guys at the moment? Uh, well, a couple things, actually. We are praying for wisdom on this is the year that we're supposed to return to Canada, but due to COVID, due to lockdowns, trying to figure out if that is truly God's will or not. So we're not going to make a decision until April. Um, but if you guys can be praying for wisdom guidance, as we consider, we only get 10 weeks um, while the school school is off, the kids are out of school, but with the two uh, quarantines here uh, as well as in Canada, it means we actually only get six weeks in country um, free. But if there's still COVID happening in Ontario, that makes it even harder. So pray for wisdom in that. At the same time, pray for more workers because Celebrate Recovery here has taken off um, and not having enough facilitators and leaders. And so just pray that if people are have done CR before and would like to come and join us, we would be very, very happy to talk to them. Okay, awesome. You are both uh, people who've heard the call to the mission field and you've obeyed. Um, I, you know, I was I was just looking online, Matt, that, you know, there was a photo you shared from when you first went, like, was it 19 years ago? And uh, it's, uh, yeah, and I was wondering how did Nuri and her family even say yes to you looking like you did? I mean, you know, if there was an act of faith, that was an act of faith. 
So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so um, what would you say to someone who's who's uh, who's listening to this, who's 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 maybe hearing the call of God and is thinking about stepping out as a missionary, but they're not sure what to do? And yes, for me, um, every morning I I get up and I ask God, God, what do you want me doing for you today? That is for me to surrender to his will, that I can able, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, going to face today, but God, he's know what he's going to do. He's going to bring in people coming to our lives. For me, is obedient, God, when you heard and you do it. Sometimes you don't understand what God going to have planned, what he's going to have uh, what is the neck all in the front end for you? But you just stopping your foot in and it just continue and walking with God. What 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 he going to bring you in? Because he know what the best thing for. And that's what we get up every morning, every day. And it's just like allowing God lessen his voice and do what he's uh, putting in front of us. When I uh, first took the call uh, or said that I would come and do my first six month uh, term with YWAM. I literally told God six months, that's it. And then I'm coming back to Canada. Uh, and like you said, that was 19 years ago. Um, but it was one of those things that it's an adventure because you never know what God has in store, but stepping out and saying, okay, God, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. I want to surrender. So if you feel like God is calling you to overseas or even in your backyard because missions doesn't have to be overseas you can be reaching out in your own backyard but if you feel like you're you know god's calling you it's one of those things that there's that saying and it's kind of cheesy but it's like where god guides he provides and we have witnessed and experienced god's faithfulness for 19 years um and you know what if you feel like god's calling you to cambodia uh we'll take you you know it's one of those things if god wants you here we want you here and so just stepping out and following what God has for you. If it's somewhere else, that's awesome. You know, just to be willing and, and uh, open to whatever God is leading you to go. Um, it's an adventure. So hold on because uh, God will, will lead and he will guide. So, yeah, no, just step out and, and trust. I, I love that we are supporting Matt and Nuri and their um, absolutely vital work um, with Celebrate Recovery over in Cambodia. I, I, I love hearing what the Lord is doing through them. So how does God call us? Now, I won't spend long on this, but I want us to move away from the idea that God only calls us during high emotion moments at youth camp or in conference. Because if God only called people in conference or crusades or youth camp, and, uh, then I guess that no one's been called anywhere over the past year, right? So how does, call us? How, how does God call us? Well, he can call us through the need. We see the need around us and our hearts are broken. He can call us through the love of the gospel and of Christ. Uh, I think it was Hudson Taylor who said, if, 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 if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. No sacrifice is too great. 
he can call us through scripture, a word or a phrase or a, or a Bible verse leaps off the page and we know it's for us. God is speaking to us. You know, this is known as the, as the Rema word of God, that God is speaking to us, the Rema word of God. Or he can call us um, through a word of knowledge, through an impression or an insight that maybe he gave someone else for us and they speak that into our lives and we know that that's God speaking to us but usually it's a mixture of all of these right the need we see around us our love for him our love for his word um hearing him through scripture and through a word of knowledge and so the question isn't is god speaking the question is are we listening our default mode myself included is to go about our day thinking it's all about us But I wonder what happens when we allow God into our day, when we listen to God's leading and we choose to step out in faith. Well, we're going to listen to Kelsey now share about something that happened to her and through her this very week. So I was on FaceTime with a good friend of mine and he was having a hard time he was having a hard time uh, thinking about where we're going to go after we die. And he asked me what I think about it. And I said, well, I believe that we are going to go to heaven and with no pain, no sorrow, no sadness. And like, that's what I think. And he said, oh, what do you think? Like, do you believe there's a hell? And I said, yeah, I, I believe there's a heaven and a hell but we don't have to go to hell. All we have to do in order to get to heaven is just ask God for his forgiveness. And that's it. And he said, no, you're lying to me. That's not, it's not that easy. And I said, well, it is because God sent down his only son to save us for like from our sins. And he defeated death. He resurrected three days later and said, like, I did it so you can do it. And that's it. Like, all you have to say is, like, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. And that was it. And then we moved on. Awesome. You said that you were on FaceTime and that he asked you. um, Why did he ask you? How did he know that you were someone that he could ask? What kind of led up to that point? Um, Well, he's having uh, his mom is actually sick. And he's been worried about her because of COVID and everything. Like he doesn't want want her to get sick and stuff. And so he was just thinking about it a lot. Mm. So so it it was just a conversation that you and he were having, right? Yeah, like that's it. Yeah. So then you you um at that moment where you shared uh, the gospel with him, um, uh, you mentioned to me earlier something about about ten seconds. Yeah, so this book I got, I think it was when I got baptized, um, I was given a book and it's called 10 Seconds. And it's about how you have 10 seconds to say, oh, like, am I going to share the gospel with this person? And if they're going to like it, like you have 10 seconds to think about it and say, yep, like this is happening. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to share like the gospel and let's like let's just see how it goes okay so i'm like okay like here we go 10 seconds starts now like, <laughs> and i'm always excited when a friend asks me 
who doesn't go to church that often or doesn't really like believe, I am excited because of what everything that God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us. I am so excited that I get to share that with people that I care about so much. And, and I do hope that maybe he'll ask me more questions about it later on, but I'm glad I just got to share a little bit. Like I'm not trying to shove the whole like Bible down his throat or anything like that. I'm just like, here's a little snippet for you. Mm, yeah. But well, definitely excited about it for sure. Yeah. You know what? I'm so proud of Kelsey. She saw the opportunity. She took a deep breath and she went for it. Now, if you're interested in the book that inspired her that she mentioned, it's called uh, The 10-Second Rule. And the subtitle is this. It's a great subtitle. It's um, just do the next thing you're reasonably certain Jesus wants you to do. Just do the next thing you're reasonably certain Jesus wants you to do. Love it. So we've seen that sometimes going by faith means leaving your home and relocating to another country and making that country your home, all in the purpose of sharing Christ. We've also seen that going by faith might mean leaving the comfort of a safe conversation and relocating to that place where you can speak a seed of God's truth into someone else's life. You see, this is the heart of First Peter Chapter 3, verse 15, one of my favorite verses. But in your hearts, um, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Now, we think that gentleness and respect means well, I don't say anything because I don't want to offend. And so the gentle and respectful thing to do is not to say, any, is not to say anything for, for fear of offense. But maybe we should instead follow Kelsey's lead. You know, as I listened to her, the thing I saw is this, is that she was ready. She had the gospel on hand. She knew what to say. And when the chance came, she said it with gentleness and respect. This is going by faith. Kelsey went in faith. Now, as we wrap up this morning, uh, there's so much more I want to say. So much. I could preach three or four sermons on this easily. But I want to end this this morning with a question and with an invitation to a perspective uh, change. So a question and an invitation to a perspective change. First, let me ask you a question. When Jesus said these words in um, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, let me find it. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. When Jesus said these words, um, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When Jesus said those words, when he said go, has he since said stop? Has he changed his marching orders? Has he rescinded his orders? No then why are we acting as though his go and make disciples is now a stop and take it easy? 
When I was a helmsman on the Logos 2 ship, my job in steering the ship was to keep the heading that the officer of the watch gave me until I received a new heading. I wouldn't change the heading willy-nilly just because I felt like it. If that happened, I would have been chucked off the bridge. Friends, Jesus is our officer of the watch, and he's given us our heading. Go and make disciples of all nations. That has not changed. One day, the stop order will come. I can't wait for that moment when Jesus says, that's enough now. But that's when he returns, and it's not until then. Now let me invite you to a change of perspective. I want us to start viewing our lives like we're missionaries living on mission. Whether we're overseas in the mission field or we're at home in the place we've lived forever, right here, wherever we are in our homes. Maybe from the outside, nothing changes. You look the same. You still do the same things. You go to work. You go to school. You homeschool. You go for walks. You fix up the house. You take the garbage out. Maybe nothing changes on the outside. But on the inside, you're a missionary. You are a sent one. You are one who's going by faith. And that means that your neighbors are now people that you're praying into the kingdom and that you're praying for opportunities to First Peter 3.15 them. That means that your schoolmates are now people that you're pleading with God for and you're ready with your 10-second gospel presentation should anyone ask you why you were different. This means that Facebook or Instagram is now the mission frontier where you're doing meaningful missions work by posting thoughtful posts that make people reassess life, that cause people to long for this kingdom that you're hinting towards, that shine the light on Jesus and his worth. You're, you know, you're sharing answers to prayer and you're, re, and you're reposting things that bring life. This is happening on the frontier land of Facebook and Instagram. You know, the grocery store is now the mission field. The park is now the mission field. Your front yard is now the mission field. Your, your uh, favorite team sport is now the mission field. The workplace is now the mission field. It's all the mission frontier. Now, outside, nothing has changed. But on the inside, everything has changed because one by one, we are reclaiming our identity as one of God's sent ones, one of his missionaries, one who goes in faith. Maybe God is calling you into long-term missions like the McCullers. If so, then let's have a conversation about that. I want to hear about that. Or maybe God's calling you to have the courage to take 10 seconds to speak truth to someone who is lost and searching. Either way, you're going by faith. And either way, God is glorified and the gospel is spreading. So as we end, here's one thing I want us all to do this week, okay? It might sound a bit weird or a bit strange, but please humor me. I want us all to consecrate our homes as outposts of the kingdom of God. 
I want us as singles or as couples or as families who love Jesus to set time aside this week to, 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 to consecrate, to set apart our homes as outposts of the kingdom of God. Now, if, if the younger kids here don't understand that, ask your parents and they will explain to you to, to set aside, to earmark our homes for God's purposes. Now, maybe you're away from home, maybe you are traveling, then you can consecrate that space too. But it's simple. You just have to gather in your kitchen or in your living room and just have one person read this, okay? It, these, these, these words. Jesus, we dedicate this home to you. This is your space. We acknowledge that this home is now an outpost of the kingdom of God set apart for your purposes. And each morning as we walk out of the front door, we are going into frontier missions to do your work. Maybe no one will notice anything different, but inside we will know that we are cross-cultural missionaries doing the hard but important work of always praying for, for the people around us and telling people about Jesus whenever we feel a nudge from you. And then, in the kitchen, in the living room, everyone says, Amen. And it's done. Now, if you want me to come around to your home and to lead you in this, I would be happy to do that. I would be honored to, but I'm not needed there. This is something that you're, you're able to do. And then as a way of sealing, you know, the consecration, have someone write on a piece of paper, this house is an outpost of the kingdom of God. And then you can put it on your fridge where everyone can see it as a reminder. And then you could even even write, write yourself a message on your front door that says, as I leave this door, I'm now entering the mission field, whether it's to work or to school or whatever. As I leave this door, I'm entering the mission field. So you do this one small thing. If, if you consecrate your home as an outpost of the kingdom of God, and if, if you post a couple of reminders around the house, just see how it changes your viewpoint. Just see how your perspective shifts. Okay? And if you do this, I'd love it if you would take a picture and share it on Cornerstone Connected so that you, so that you can encourage each other. Let's leave it there for this morning. There's lots to think about, but, but remember this, that going by faith happens when God relocates us from our normal for the sake of the gospel. And remember this, that Jesus said, go. He hasn't yet said, stop. Let's pray. Lord, I think of that, of that Keith Green song where he says, Jesus commands us to go. It should be the exception if we stay. And yet, Lord God, I feel that uh, maybe even in my own heart, but I see it around me as well that we have a lot of stayers, Lord. Folks who, that life's about us and our wants and our likes and our wishes and our comforts, Lord. We have stopped, Lord. We've sat down and we've put up our feet. But you are asking us, Lord God, to, to enter into the fray again. And, uh, Lord, to really pray, Lord God, as we heard a few weeks ago, Lord, that, that uh, we are to pray by faith. And as we heard last week, Lord God, we are to give. And this week, Lord God, we are to go, Lord, whether that's um, into long-term, lifelong 
missions or if that's just until the next conversation that we reasonably think that you're leading us into. Lord, may we have the faith, Lord God, to, to set, our, set aside our homes as, as outposts of the kingdom of God. May we see ourselves as cross-cultural missionaries. May we walk around with a heart of prayer and, uh, and, and our radars on, Lord God, for the lost and the searching and the seeking, Lord God. And may we have our 10-second um, phrase, Lord God, our 10-second summary of the gospel, ready to share with uh, those who are asking for the reason for the hope which is within us, Lord. And may we do it with gentleness and respect, but may that gentleness and respect not make us retreat into saying nothing at all, Lord God, but may that gentleness and respect be, um, be, be, be moved by, by faith, by going by faith and by boldness from heaven itself, Lord. There's so much on the line here, Lord God. We are talking about souls. We are talking about lost souls. We are talking about people who need to hear the gospel, Lord. And uh, our job is to go and make, make disciples, Lord. We ask all of this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.